This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. time we talked a lot about what happens when people engage in sexual behavior that's really not in integrity and all the ways that people get hurt and all the ways that it brings death or destruction into not only your life but also into the lives of other people. So today we're going to continue the theme about sexual integrity but from a different vantage point. We're really going to talk about Joseph from Genesis the 39th chapter because he was one that resisted sexual temptation at work. And as you might recall, Joseph was one of the sons of Jacob, and he was sold into slavery by his brothers who were jealous of him. And so he's down in Egypt. He's a slave, but God has given him grace and favor. He's working for a prominent man named Potiphar. And in essence, everything Joseph touches in the service of Potiphar and Potiphar's house, it flourishes. So Potiphar ends up putting him in charge of everything in his household. Potiphar doesn't worry about anything with Joseph in charge. He knows that Joseph is a person of integrity. He trusts him and he has the run of the house, so to speak, to run it in the way that he thinks is best. Now, you can imagine that Potiphar being a prominent man as he was, he would have to take business trips and be gone and do all kinds of things and not necessarily be there at the house. So Potiphar's wife would be left behind. And Potiphar's wife was eyeing Joseph. He was a handsome young man, it said. And so tried to seduce him. She kept saying, come and sleep with me, lie with me, she would say to him. And he would resist her and he would say, well, I can't do this wicked thing. Your husband has trusted me and given me charge over everything in his household except for you. And of course, he hasn't given me charge over you because you're his wife. He's doing everything he knows to be honorable. That's the intention. His objective is to be honorable. And as she continues day after day to try to wear him down, He further says to her, this is a great wickedness. It would be not only a problem from a human standpoint, but really it's a sin against God. What I want you to remember is that in the workplace, there will be people who will throw themselves at you because you are in a position of prominence. You may have prestige, you may have position, you may have power and authority, you may have financial resources, you might even be good looking like Joseph, whatever. But but the point is that people are going to see you, they're going to see that light emanating from you, they're going to be attracted, and they're going to want to get in the middle of it. When you see this happening, please remember to see it for what it is. This is the enemy's tactic to be a disruption of your destiny. And you don't want your destiny disrupted. You don't want to besmirch the name of the God who has put you in place to do his work and to be 
his example. So in Joseph's case, he successfully resisted her day after day, even though she chased him day after day, till one day she arranged things so that she was alone with him in the house. She sent the servants out. Now, where we've seen that strategy before, we talked about that in terms of Amnon, what he did with Tamar, how he sent all the servants out of the house so that therefore he could do his dastardly deed. Well, so now we find Potiphar's wife is in a similar situation. So now she's trying to prevail upon Joseph and get him in trouble. And rather than to stay there and deal with that temptation and deal with her constant pressure, he had on a garment, a jacket. He just left that behind and he got out of Dodge. He got out of the house. He escaped. Now, that's actually a good strategy is to flee from a situation like this. Doesn't matter what you have to leave behind. It is not worth losing your integrity over. And he knew this was a dangerous situation. And so he was getting out of Dodge about it. Now, that didn't, unfortunately, completely result in the best outcome immediately for Joseph, because now that Potiphar's wife had the garment, she concocted a story and claimed that Joseph tried to rape her and she had the garment as proof because she snatched it from him as he was trying to escape. Of course, she didn't tell the story correctly. He was trying to escape her advances. He wasn't trying to escape because he was a rapist of the sort. So when Potiphar gets home and she tells him the story about Joseph, Potiphar was very upset. Now, in those days and times, if a man tried to violate your wife, you'd probably have him killed. That's typically what would happen. So it's questionable the extent to which Potiphar really believed her story. He had to do something because it was the honor of his wife and she was claiming that Joseph had done something to her. So he had him thrown into prison. And you know the story, Joseph stayed in prison for a long time, but God blessed him even while he was in prison and he had a leadership role there. And some of the Pharaoh's closest associates were imprisoned for different reasons. And he, you know, interpreted dreams for them and so on, all the while asking that they would please remember him so he could get out of prison. They, they always forgot they didn't remember him until God's timing. And when the God's timing came, then Joseph was elevated out of the prison. And in essence, he's in charge of just outside of Pharaoh, in charge of all of Egypt to prepare for a famine that's coming. I give all that part of the story to say it can look like there was no benefit to Joseph doing the right thing and operating in integrity. What did it get him? It got him lied on. It got him falsely accused. It got him jail time, a jail sentence, even more loss of freedom. He's already a slave. And if we didn't know the rest of the story, it could look bleak. So when you do the right thing, sometimes in the short term, in the near term, it looks worse. The consequence you might even have to face is worse than if you had just gone on, it seems, and go along with the program, let's say with Potiphar's wife. But he knew that was wrong. He did not choose to do that. And now he's suffering the imprisonment, which he did not deserve. He still continued to trust God. 
God's plan and providence for his life. And he remembered, I'm sure, back to his childhood when God had given him dreams of being in some prominent position where even his brothers and his parents would be bowing down to him. And so he didn't know how all that was going to happen. And it certainly didn't look like it was manifesting. But one thing he did know was that following God, no matter what the consequences are of that, is far better than to do the wrong thing for a short-term gain. Because in the short term, perhaps he might have gotten extra favors or been somehow a special pet of Potiphar's wife as a result of having this illicit relationship with her. That's a possibility. On the other hand, maybe it wouldn't have gone like that. And maybe Potiphar would have really been angry when he found out and discovered that Joseph really did sleep with his wife. And so he could have been killed. He could have been maimed. All kinds of things could have happened that would have been worse. And even with Joseph sitting down there in prison, he didn't say to himself, this following God and being a person of integrity and doing what's right wasn't worth it. I should have just given in and I wouldn't be here in this prison. He never, ever said those words, and God continued to bless him, whether he was in the prison or out of the prison. When you are in God's will and in his favor, he can bless you wherever you are, and it doesn't matter. So keep in mind, there will be people in your workplace trying to trip you up. Some will be sent, and some will just come on their own. And like Joseph, you want to have the wisdom to resist all of those temptations, even if in the short term, it seems like you're missing out. We've already established the fact that the enemy never tells the whole story and how much these improprieties actually cost in the long run. So as we close out today, I would like to read from First Peter, the fourth chapter, and we'll read verses 15 through 19. And it says, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and 
leadership resources. Thank you.